I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And we are back. Welcome to Young Influentials, the podcast. I'm Colin Daniels, and today I am talking to one of my favorite companies, Grove Collaborative, and I'm sitting down with their CEO, Stuart Landsberg, and also he's a co-founder of the company. And we're talking about all things sustainability and eco-friendly brands. And you'll probably be like me. I did not know there were so many options and so many cool products that are sustainable and cut down on your plastic use, like reusable deodorant. I had no idea. Also, I don't know if you all are aware, but there's shampoo bars that don't use plastic. Another mind-blowing thing. I plan on trying it out once, you know, I figure out how to get my hair to grow back and do with uh, my receding hairline. But that is another story. So if you are into sustainability and want to know more and how you can truly start making an impact today, get ready for this amazing conversation. Stuart, thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Colin. Um, So our first question that we'd like to ask all of our guests is what does the term young influential mean to you? I mean, it's, I don't, I'm not sure. It's an, it's an interesting term, right? But I think what, what I hope it means is that it's an individual or a position that has the opportunity to shape the future for good, right? Because I do think that there is so much need to push the truth that each of us has the power to drive, to drive the future in a positive way. And so anyone who has influence, I hope is using it using it to make that kind of change and encourage others to do so going forward. And I agree because I feel like a lot of times what I've mentioned to previous people is a lot of times people think that they have to be a certain age to do whatever it is they want to do. And I always look at it as like anybody can be influential at any age, like with technology and everything now, like you can have a seven-year-old who invented a reusable mop or a 70 year old or 80 year old who figured out how to make um, water cleaner, renewable. So I feel like it's something that's interchangeable and kind of breaks the barrier that you have to be a certain age to do something. Totally. I think more and more we are realizing that great influence can come from anywhere. And the centralization of sort of communication networks and media means that you know, the influence that any one person can have, the, the ceiling is incredibly high. Exactly. And speaking of young, um, how did sustainability play a role in your life growing up? Like I know a lot of us, our parents reused the Target bags or grocery store bags for 
other things. So that was a lot of our first hands-on experience with sustainability, quote unquote. <laughs> I mean, that's that is real life sustainability. It's also a good example of how sustainability is, you know, it feels like a thing that we are doing now, but also it's really just in many ways common sense, right? A plastic bag, a plastic bottle, I mean, that is a piece of forever garbage relative to the scope of human history. You know, those pieces of plastic will exist for a million years. Will humans be around for a million years? Who knows, right? <laughs> Why are we taking and creating this piece of forever garbage and using it once? And I think my parents instilled in me at an early age the idea that we always do our best in every purchase decision to consider the environment. And I was probably like 15 years old before I realized paper towels came in any color other than brown because my mom <laughs> bought like the hippie paper towels that you know, were like unbleached or whatever. And it was interesting when I, when I was a kid, I thought seventh generation was the biggest company in the world because, you know, my fridge, I had like one Coke bottle from Coca-Cola in my driveway. I had you know, one skew from Ford, but we had like 700 products <laughs> from, uh, from that brand in like the late eighties and early nineties. And so, yeah, I've always, I've always been focused on it, but I do think it's a great point you made that a lot of times what we see now is a sustainable action is really just common sense. Yeah, no, I agree. And I feel like I, that's really cool that your parents started at early age. Cause I feel like with a lot of us, we're not really exposed to it till we're say like, like going to college or living our own where we're like, Oh, there's other options besides like using this, like I can buy um, renewable paper towels or less wasteful uh, baggies or whatnot. So a lot of times we're not really exposed to it at a young age, which is really cool. But I feel like now there's way there's outlets and things where we can find those options and alternatives that do save money in the planet down the road. Totally. I think that's really right. And I think that as you know, it, it, what I'm noticing in society today is that people are realizing that sustainability as sort of we're talking about it, I think could be assumed to be sort of a, you know, a, a thing that is a nice to have, right. And is mostly confined to urban areas with high income and high education. But what we've found at Grove is I, I care deeply about sustainability. Like I believe climate change is real and man-made and that the environmental threats to our time are uh, in our time are our greatest sort of societal issue. But what we've found at Grove is that our customers are as likely to live in a state that voted red as voted blue, as likely to live in a dense urban center as in a suburban and rural area. If you look at our top 10 zip codes, right? There's Brooklyn and Portland, Oregon and uh, and San Francisco, but also Elmore, Idaho, Chattanooga, Tennessee, right? It's really an interesting and diverse group of customers that have been attracted to Grove. And I think it's because our position on sustainability, you know, Grove Collaborative makes zero waste and zero plastic products across a number of categories, but especially in home care, is, is really just common sense, which is that why would you, why would you buy a plastic something, which we all know is basically forever garbage, right? Plastic recycling is kind of a myth when you could either buy a zero waste option or one that has you know, aluminum, like actually recyclable packaging. And, you know, that's not, you don't have to believe in climate change to believe that creating a bunch of plastic waste is bad, right? It's, it's really interesting sort of how I feel like sustainability has become polarizing in some ways, but the actual common sense actions are really you know, they're, they're kind of universal because they're really common mm -hmm. sense based. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And prior to Grove, was there like a job that you had, like a first job or something that kind of sparked this interest? Like you said, of 
a company or doing something where that option is more universal? Like, was there like a job where you're like, you know what, this is missing or totally. I want to really so, take this on? So I've always, I've always been passionate about sustainability, but I started my career in finance uh, in and around a, a really wonderful private equity firm called TPG Capital. Uh, and I joined that firm actually, because they have a big climate effort and were really well-intentioned, but ended up covering consumer retail and internet there and found out pretty quickly that seventh generation is not the biggest company in the world. <laughs> in fact, your seventh generation at the time, I thought it was the biggest company in the world was probably like, you know, $20 million in sales. It was a small business. Um, <laughs> but it was incredible that when you look at the data, the vast majority of Americans, 70 plus percent, prefer conscientious products. 85% of the U.S. wants us to take action on single-use plastic, right? People actually want conscientious products and zero-waste products. It's not, a, it's not a liberal thing. It's not an urban, it's everybody. But when you look at the distribution, right? Look at what products people are actually buying. Conventional brands that have a bad track record on human and environmental health make up you know, 90 to 95% of the market. And that's just because who has time to worry about going to like 12 different places to make sure you're getting the right zero waste to dish them. Mm-hmm. And if you look at sort of the laundry category, you know, 90, well, maybe not 90, but the vast majority of the shelf space goes to one brand, right? And I don't need to tell you what brand yeah, it is. We all know what it bottlers, is. Right? <laughs> Seriously. But like, that's the way the world works is they have the shelf space. So they have the mind share. So it's a really, it's a really dominant brand. Even if consumer preference is, I'd rather not every time I need to do my laundry, contribute, contribute to the plastic crisis. Did you know there's so much plastic, orange plastic in the ocean that if you want ocean plastic, you can either get like blended gray, you can also just buy orange from that brand. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. And I and I feel like your point's right. Like I feel like people, if they have if they have access to the option, they would choose the sustainable one. But like you said, like they don't want to do. They're not like if one brand is taking over the whole shelf, like it's going to make it very difficult to find that one brand that ha- can also wash their clothes just as effectively, but also save the planet. So I feel like a lot of times people are like, "Oh, they're not doing it because they don't want to." It's like no, they don't have either access to it or. They, they can't, they physically can't see it on the show. Totally. Or, I mean, there's a lot of other reasons, right? I think if you look at the big brands, you know, in my category, home and personal care, but even across sectors, right? Even the brands that don't have sustainability messages, you know, they stand for something. And, you know, the folks at many of these big companies are among the best brand builders of all times. And they will tell you 
and convince you that you're a better parent if you get the dishes extra sparkly out of the dishwasher or whatever, right? And there's a real, or no, I think a real, uh, that is a real emotional core too. And so it's, it's interesting, natural brands for a long time truly didn't have the efficacy of conventional brands and that I think we've all been trained to understand and expect. But today, natural brand efficacy and a brand like Grove, you know, our product works in most cases just as well or better than the leading brand in the market. And, you know, that's a real difference from where we were 10 years ago. But, you know, I don't, I, I totally am sympathetic to folks who are loyal to brands that they've grown up with. But I do think over time, we're seeing that people who have, a, people are getting a deeper understanding of why it's important to use uh, tree-free paper towels, right? We at Grove make tree-free paper towels wrapped in paper packaging. So it's zero plastic and also tree-free. We actually plant trees with every purchase. So every time you like use a paper towel, it's weirdly contributing to reforestation. <laughs> a little bit counterintuitive. Like, every time I use paper towels, it's better for the environment. Um, but true, right? But why does that matter? What, what is the catalyst? And I think everybody has his or her or their own catalyst today of, oh, shit, I kind of realized that this environmental stuff, I should take action. You were interviewing a really great candidate recently, and he's incredible, incredible executive. And his reason for working at Grove is that the beach he's been going to since he was a kid, it used to be clean. And now it's covered in plastic. He was just like, how can I not, how can I not take action Mm -hmm. on the destruction of the environment that I've watched over the last 50 years? And I think everybody... Unfortunately, you know, whether it's the wildfires, uh, sort of every every fire season used to be just California, but now sort of across the Western United States, if it's plastic waste, if it's hurricanes, if it's whatever it is, right? Climate change and the environmental crises are, you know, the way movement happens is one person at a time, right? Yeah, and I feel like it's it's always important to have candidates like that who notice they're like, okay that company's doing something different that everybody's not doing. And I feel like regardless of how big or how small they are, like that's who has the vision. And I feel like a lot of brands and stuff, a lot of times they all have kind of that same monotony ideology where they're like, oh yeah, we give proceeds to clean the beaches every Earth Day, like whatever. And I feel like that's kind of like a blanket thing. But when you guys were conceptualizing Grove, what was something that you wanted to make sure you guys stood out from? Like, was there a difference that you all brought into your brand mission and uh, just a brand as a whole for how you guys would stand out? Yeah. So, I mean, this is less about how we stand out and really more about the future we seek to create. And I mean, it goes to your, to your question of like influence in the beginning, you know, forget me, Grove, Grove is really the thing that has influence and how can we be a lighthouse? And what we did in our vision statement is take, as uh, so I should say, our vision statement is that consumer products will be a positive force for human and environmental health. And that's important because it's not just about being less bad, but it's actually about being more good, right? We are past the point where do no unnecessary harm is enough. We have to use our business to heal our planet. And I think that's a, it's a really differentiating stance because it goes from the idea that business exists to serve the consumer and hopefully we don't destroy the planet in the process to actually our business in order to be successful 
can both serve the consumer and restore the environment, right? We have a sort of double obligation. And that's one of the reasons that we're a B Corp and a certified public benefit corporation, right? So we're not actually a C Corp. Our obligations are not just to our stockholders, but also to our community, to the employees and to the environment. And I think it's been really important to us since the beginning to create a brand that we're just being a little less bad than the market is. That doesn't matter, right? We have to be we have to be a step change less. And that's why we put a really clear line in the sand around being zero plastic by 2025. And you know that's an incredibly hard goal. Like our category is basically 100% single-use plastic, right? Like there's you know, not a lot of deodorants out there that aren't single-use plastic or dish soaps <laughs> or you know, laundry detergent. I mean, seriously, it's 100%. And how do you go from 100% single-use plastic to 0% single-use plastic? That's hard. But we put that line in the sand for ourselves to make clear to everyone in the industry, you know, internal, external, and consumer, the direction of travel that we think is important. And you know, I sit down with my partners and they say, hey, what's on your roadmap? And I'm like, the thing that's on our roadmap is solving the biggest problem in our industry, which is plastic waste and doing it with products that are affordable for consumers, outperform from an efficacy standpoint, and are really beautiful and consumer-centric. And if we do that, and we will have both business and mission success. And I feel like that's so cool because a lot of like it seems like in the past 2025 was so far away, but 2025 is really <laughs> right there. Oh, so yeah. that's a huge that's a huge mission thing. I feel like that's going to be kind of like set the tone and revolutionize the uh, your guys's industry and space because that's really close. It's not that far along. So it really goes to show like how much of an impact you guys are going to be making. You're kind to say it. I mean, look, we are a couple hundred, few hundred million dollars in sales, right? I mean, much smaller than most people in our industry. And so we got a lot of work to do to change the tide. But I do really believe that our biggest impact is not going to be the tens of millions of pounds of plastic we've saved or the millions of pounds of trees we've planted or millions of trees we've planted in the US. It's going to be the impact that we've had on the consumers who have been able to make a conscientious choice because of Grove and perhaps, you know, their first conscientious choice is a zero plastic dish soap and their next conscientious choice is an electric car and their next is solar panels and their net, you know, it's one step at a time, right? Helping consumers start on that journey, number one. And number two, proving to the industry that the direction of travel here is towards more sustainable products. And I think if we prove that our impact will be far larger than than our direct footprint, and I feel like it's like what you said. <clears throat> it's like you're bringing it. To, uh, you're bringing it to the people, and it's making easy access. They're like, oh, okay, I'll start with using this shampoo bar or using this um, reusable sandwich bag for when I take my lunch to work instead of using a Ziploc bag or whatnot. And I feel like that's so cool that you guys bring, you meet people where they are. So whether that's through Target or through other partnerships. So when you guys were thinking about like how to really meet people where they are, um, how did the talks of it start with Target and like uh, more brick and mortar stores like that? So Target's been an amazing partner for us. And the reason we moved, uh, Grove started online and you can still you know, access our whole assortment at grove.com or through our mobile app, which is, I think, our best experience. But the, the way the partnership started with Target was you know, we, we asked our customers where else they were shopping and Target was at the top of the list. And that's a, a channel where you know our, our ultimate goal, if you go back to our vision statement, 
is not get everyone to buy through the Grove app. It's not to control the channel. It's to change the product. And if you start with your mission and go from there, our mission is not about where people buy the product. It's about the impact of our category. And we can clearly elevate the impact of our category by expanding distribution and meeting consumers where they are. And so our partnership with Target has been exceptional. Um, you know, we're, we're pleased to be included in their Target Zero initiative where they're working to eliminate single-use plastic. And I think if you look across you know, the retail ecosystem, there are real plastic reduction initiatives at every one of these retailers. And I think that you know, that's a, a reflection of the change in consumer preferences and of the real urgency that we have to solve the climate and plastic crises. And you know, for those who, who are wondering, hey, why do you say climate and plastic as though they're similar? You know, plastic, just to be clear, is made from petroleum, right? And the people who benefit most from the proliferation of single-use plastic are the same people who benefit from our fossil fuel-based economy, right? This is 100% the, the petrochemical companies who are profiting from single-use plastic and the same environmental impacts I should say, perhaps even worse because of the impact of plastics in our water. Uh, but the environmental footprint of plastic and petroleum is, is pretty similar. And I feel another thing that uh, a good point that you mentioned that was really cool is like the different product innovations and whatnot. And I feel like I was one who uh, like through the app is like how I discovered Grove. And I remember looking through, I'm like, oh, there's reusable deodorant. That's a thing. Like I had never heard of it. And I was like, oh, I can cut down on like having to buy another deodorant throwing that plastic away <laughs> like every three to five weeks. Like I feel that that's really cool. So in terms of uh, product development and creating different products, are there any ones that you guys are looking to expand more of? Because I know you guys also curate a lot of cool brands and products that line up with um, your guys' core values. Um, so is there anything that you guys are looking to venture out more into or upcoming launches? Yeah. So we've, we've, uh, our focus, as you probably gathered, is how do we, how do we take zero plastic and positive impact business model to as many categories as possible. And one category where it's more relevant this year than it was two years ago is pet. A lot of your listeners probably <laughs> adopted pets. And there are not, or I should say, were not any zero waste pet care options, pet grooming options, up until we launched Good Fur at the end of last year. So Good Fur is a zero waste pet brand, um, awesome organic ingredients packaged in aluminum. And it's a category that's never had a zero waste option. And similarly, our peach deodorant line, also peach lotions, which are zero waste, aluminum, totally recyclable, um, and really work terrific and smell fantastic. Natural deodorant does not always work well, but I promise you this peach one, you can see the reviews, they're fantastic. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I think we, we see a lot of opportunity to take the success that we've had in moving categories out of plastic sort of, and really build on that. Um, and so I think, you know, without getting into specifics that I'm not supposed to reveal, you know, you'll see, you'll see a lot of line expansions and a lot of new categories that are currently in plastic moving to zero plastic formats. Yeah, I know that the shampoo one gets me every time. I don't know why, but every time I see bar shampoo or bar condition, I'm like, wow, that's a like it, it just fascinates me. I'm like, wow, like that can that can happen. I don't know what it is, but well, that's interesting. Me. <laughs> what you should think is it's really a joke that my shampoo bottle is like 85% water when they could have just compacted all of this stuff into a bar. And it turns out there's already plenty of water in your shower. Cause if you, <laughs> if you took all the water out of your shampoo, you'd be left with a solid that would just be a shampoo bar, right? <laughs> it's the same thing. 
It's just that companies realized that if they added water to it, packaged it in plastic, they could charge more for the same ingredients because it's bigger, right? And perception of value. So our shampoo bar is actually last two or three times as long as, uh, which is our peach nut plastic brand. They last two or three times as long as traditional shampoos, even though they're much smaller because they're, they're so much, and they actually work incredibly well because the active is the thing that like gets your hair clean and makes it soft. And for me, makes me look less bald. I <laughs> want, uh, right. Like those, those actual sort of like active ingredients are just in a much higher concentration in a bar then diluted into your shampoo. I mean, it, it makes really intuitive sense. And it's an area where we can deliver higher cost, or excuse me, higher quality, lower cost, lighter environmental footprint to the consumer. Like, yeah, let me, as soon as I grow my hair and deal with my early balding, I'll <laughs> like I'll wait for that one for all of us with receding hairline. Oh, yeah, exactly. My wife, my wife approves, I should say. <laughs> um, and other, like, um, in terms of partnerships, is there, are there any like, um, people or whether it's celebs or other brands that you guys would like to partner with in the future that if you guys could pick one that, uh, whether they're sustainable or just a brand that you guys admire, is there anybody out there that you guys would like to partner with in the future? So we have some exciting stuff coming on that front. A couple of the partnerships that we've done that I you know, I think are worth are worth calling out. We have a really wonderful partnership with Jeremiah Brent, uh, who's a designer and also the star of my wife's favorite show. I promised that we started working with him before my wife uh, saw so his Netflix. Special. Oh, I'm a huge fan. Um, I know Jeremiah. And, uh, he's, and he's also I'm a huge fan. <laughs> as nice a guy as he is like a cool and awesome designer. Um, but, you know, we worked with him because sustainability has often felt like a sacrifice. And Jeremiah curates and creates just beautiful. I mean, there's nothing sacrifice in the Jeremiah Brent collection, which actually just launched a few months ago, our second Jeremiah Brent collection. It is spectacularly beautiful. And the same scents that go into the like incense go into the dish soap. I mean, it is awesome. And if you like, you know, if you look, I don't know if you follow Jeremiah, right? Oh, I do. (laughs) I do. Adorable kids, right? Like (laughs) that lifestyle is so aspirational and it's so different than how people think about sustainability and crunchy granola and all that stuff. Right. And can we create truly desirable when I say customer centric, I mean, products people are going to love. And I wish you could see my Zoom back in the like beautiful, like matte blown glass with uh, metallic writing on it, (laughs) hand and dish soap bottles. I mean, they're spectacularly beautiful. And so I I love that partnership uh, for that reason. That's probably, that's, that's one of my favorites. I have a bunch of others, but I, uh, I'll, I'll save them for, uh, for next time. You can find a bunch of them on the Grove app. We have a bunch of cool celeb, uh, celeb collaborations. I cannot wait to see that clip. Yeah, I'm a huge Jeremiah uh, and Nate fan. I follow all their stuff, all their Target stuff. I have, like, I'm a yeah. So I will definitely be checking that out. <laughs> Art of Ceremony is the name of the collection, and the dish soap is fantastic. It's uh, eucalyptus and cypress is one scent. The other scent is Himalayan sea salt and sage. That's your dish soap scent. Um, and I also strongly recommend the incense. Oh my goodness. So I know what I'm doing later. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was like, yeah, didn't mean to give too much of a commercial. I just get excited about it. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. Um, and my last question is like, what advice would you have for somebody who's like, okay, I've heard you talk about 
switching to more sustainable, eco-friendly brands, like how can I start today? Like, what would you recommend or tell them if they want to start making an impact right now? I mean, you know, I'm going to say down with the Grove app again, but <laughs> more relevantly, I think is one of the things that we put on the, on the sort of board when we first started the company is that small acts multiplied by millions can change the world. And I really do believe that every action matters and it can feel really hard to change one's whole lifestyle, right? Like electric cars are expensive, solar is expensive and like a giant hassle. And, you know, I forget my bag, reusable bags when I go to the grocery store sometimes too. Like, <laughs> you know, the world is, no one has time to focus 100% on sustainability. So I think what I would, what I really think is, Find a couple of small choices that you can feel really excited about and just go one at a time. And then don't beat yourself up if everything is not perfect, because the there is no rule that says, hey, every single thing a person does has to be, you know, a hundred percent. Let's let's do the best we can. And I think that's one of the really wonderful things about getting to run uh, a company like this is you really get to celebrate a lot of those small decisions, you know, is a switch to a the sort of zero waste concentrated all-purpose cleaner going to save the world? Probably not, right? Like your your one pound reduction of plastic is probably not going to save the world, but <laughs> it's still worth celebrating, right? It's mm -hmm. still a well-intentioned, positive act. And one of my favorite expressions is, "How do you need an elephant one bite at a time?" Right? It's a it's a step in the right direction. So that would be my advice: is just get started and no reason to beat yourself up if you can't be perfect because it's it's it is daunting but only way to get there is one step at a time i know that's how i am like whenever i bring my like reusable cup to get coffee i'm like ah saving the world totally glass of coffee at a time <laughs> but it's like you know one of my first friends to drive a hybrid is he was like yeah it's it's powered by self-satisfaction and smugness right but it's like totally true every time i refill a reusable bottle i'm like Look at me being a good person, like no plastic waste. And at the same time, you know, like sometimes my kids eat squeezy pouches out of plastic things and you know, the world's not a perfect place. But every time I do like bring my reusable bag to the grocery store or cup to a coffee shop, I'm like, look at me doing the thing. Totally feel good about myself. <laughs> it's like me. I'm like at Trader Joe's with my reasonable bag. I'm like, ah, Greta Thunberg is shaking. She wishes she was me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, she appreciates it. <laughs> <laughs> but Stuart, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us today. Oh, such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Wow. How great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino. Executive produced by Chris Aaron and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountville Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.